Pam, would you like to come and read for us? We're going to read from the first chapter of Luke's Gospel, the birth of Jesus foretold. Just two verses, but what stunning verses. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Thank you, Pam. Um, I'm just going to invite Ian uh, to come now and to talk to us about Mary and uh, the first day of Advent. So Ian, if you'd like to, to come and join me. Uh -huh, the technology, that's all good. Is it okay if I pray for you? Yes. Lori, thank you for bringing Ian and Janice back with us this morning. Thank you for all that they did with us uh, at their time in Camborne and uh, they continue to do in, in the, the small ways and connections that they have still. We pray uh, for Ian this morning that you would be in his words and that you would uh, speak your truth and your love and your, your, your message to us today and uh, we pray for our hearts that we would be open to receive from you and we just pray your blessing on Ian and all that he does in Jesus name. Amen. I used to have this off, off by heart when I, was, when I was here, but it just shows you. Well, it's really nice to be, to be here and to see uh, quite a lot of friends that I know from the past and also uh, others who, of you who are here who've come in the, in the last period when uh, I finished four years ago now, I think, uh, as assistant minister. So we're looking at uh, the story of Mary and the angel this morning. And there is uh, a section which I'm going to weave through as I speak, uh, which is uh, through to verse 38 of Luke <coughs> chapter 1. And then uh, later, partway through what I'm saying, uh, Janice is going to read the Magnificat to us, which is also part of Mary's story and song. And for me, in the, uh, in the period of Advent, uh, we have a tremendous blessing, really, 
the blessing of, of spending time with the story of Jesus coming. And because around us, there's lots of other things going on, and possibly for us as well, lots of other things going on. But isn't it great to have uh, four Sundays leading up to Christmas uh, when we can reflect together on these wonderful realities and this amazing message, Emmanuel, God with us. And I particularly want us to think this morning about the response of Mary. So the, the story of the coming of Jesus, of course, is a story of God's initiative. Uh, and that's always the case when we think about uh, what happens in our lives. It's God who takes initiative. But we have to respond. And this is what we learn from Mary. So the message uh, came through an angel to Mary. And I actually believe that angels are much more involved in our uh, lives than perhaps we, uh, we're always aware of. And it would be great to hear more about that, but that's probably for some other time. Uh, and what we find with the appearance here of, of the angel, not just an, an angel that um, might appear to us in, in perhaps human form, uh, but a very special appearance. The angel Gabriel, uh, we read, was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Her name was Mary. And the angel came to her, the angel Gabriel, and said these words, Greetings, you who are highly favored. And that is really a message of God's grace. Uh, sometimes that old-fashioned expression, grace and favor, uh, it's really the same thing. It is God's grace, his uh, amazing love to us and to Mary in this case. The Lord is with you. And the angel Gabriel, why I think this is something beyond perhaps what would be our experiences of angels, uh, the angel Gabriel is seen in Jewish and in Christian and indeed in the Muslim faith uh, as uh, signifying uh, something that is going to change what is happening in history. And so let's bear that in mind as we think about that this morning. Uh, because for Mary, this was an overwhelming experience. It was an experience uh, that she'd never had before, in some ways an experience that she would never have again uh, that we're thinking about this morning. She and her husband-to-be, Joseph, were not notable people, and there are, in fact, indications they were quite poor people. Although Joseph was a descendant of Israel's greatest king, David, and Mary's relative, Elizabeth, was a descendant of the original high priest, Aaron, of the tribe of Levi. So there is some significance in their background, but still, this is a completely unexpected experience for Mary here. And as we think about the, the response of Mary, uh, I want us to think about our own response to initiatives that God makes in our lives. So the first response is really a response of feeling troubled. Mary, we read, was greatly troubled at the words of the angel and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. So this idea of favor is being repeated now. It's a kind of theme that's emerging. And the word for troubled, Mary greatly troubled, is really confused and 
perplexed. And that's often, I think, the case when God takes some unexpected initiative. It's not that we immediately say, yes, everything is great. I'm just going to go with it. Uh, there's often uh, a lack of understanding of what's happening. And so Mary's experience is very typical, I think, to be confused, to be perplexed. And Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, responds to that and says, don't be afraid. And, and being afraid is really being apprehensive. And it's actually the word from which we get phobia. So if she had gone down that line in response uh, to this message, she might have ended up in a very bad place. Uh, but instead of that, the, the angel is drawing her into a healthier place. Don't be afraid. God is at work in a gracious way. So sometimes in our lives and in perhaps the life of our community, uh, we think, what's, what's really going on? And we can get fearful and we can get trapped and crippled by the fear. And so I hope that today uh, we'll take seriously uh, this word uh, that comes, this word of grace. This is how God wants to meet us. And the next thing I think that I see in the passage is Mary questioning. Because the angel continues, and now you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. I mean, this is quite phenomenal. It becomes very uh, kind of much part of, of what we think of when we think of the Christian message. But to hear it for the first time, to hear all those words being spoken to a young Jewish woman, a teenager probably, uh, living in a land that was occupied, uh, where if you thought about these words of thrones and reigns and kingdoms, you thought about the Romans. You thought about their actual power. So what power would Mary have? And what power could her son have? How could her son be one who would reign over the house of Jacob? It is phenomenal. And also, Mary in her questioning of the angel says, how can this be since I'm a virgin? How can this son appear anyway? And I do like the way that these questions are being asked. I think it's perfectly natural and it's actually a very good thing uh, to come to God with our questions, to come with our queries. And the angel doesn't say, well, that's not what happens, is it? And that's not how God treats us when we come with our questions. Uh, because the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. For nothing is impossible with God. And so the, the questioning actually leads to even more being said, and this amazing statement, which we could really take, uh, I think, into our hearts today as we think about the future and uh, as Catherine was uh, leading in uh, the prayer about where is God leading. It's good to think about God's purposes being beyond what we can imagine. So questions can stretch us. Questions can bring us to a new place as we explore 
there's a phrase that I really like in questioning our faith is seeking understanding. We're not starting from unbelief as Christians. We're starting from faith, but we want to explore. We want to understand more of what God is doing. And often through our prayer together, not just individually, we come to this place. And Mary came to a place of acceptance. Mary realizes she's been given a task to do. And probably if you were to analyze, was she the person to do the task, you would come to the conclusion she wasn't. Uh, some of you might just dimly remember that uh, many years ago I used to work in human resources. I've mentioned this occasionally. Uh, and uh, you were looking at, when you were appointing people, uh, the experience they had and uh, the age that would be appropriate to the particular job you were looking at. And Mary doesn't fit at all into the categories. But Mary does fit because she's willing to take a step of faith, to do something that is beyond her experience up to this point. And this is in the fantastic of the Lord. May it be to me as you have said. And I think Mary did understand that in saying yes to God in this way, she was opening herself uh, to misunderstanding of her situation. An unmarried mother was uh, the way it would be described uh, by rejection that might come from her family, possibly from her fiancé, Joseph, and from her community. So in the light of all that, it's not easy. And yet, she says, yes. And perhaps we need to see Mary today uh, as someone who is an example to us as, as a disciple. She is the mother of Jesus, but also the disciple of Jesus, someone who was learning from God. And I rather like thinking about how many people in the Bible responded when God asked them to do something. And uh, throughout the Bible, you find people very reluctant to do what God asked them to do. Uh, Moses, the great figure in uh, the early history of Israel, was very reluctant. Jonah, a prophet, was keen to get as far away uh, from the place that God wanted him to be. Elijah, disappearing off. So all these, let us say, men, uh, seem to be very reluctant, whereas Mary uh, is someone who is certainly asking questions and is certainly uh, not fully understanding. But you don't get from Mary the answer, no, do you? You get the answer, I am the Lord's servant. And so let's keep that in our minds when we think of what it means to respond to God. Nothing is impossible. Uh, one of the things I've been doing in the last uh, year or two on a very part-time basis is helping out with uh, chaplaincy work at Ridley Hall where students are training for ministry. It's in uh, Cambridge. It's theological College And one of the uh, ordinands I got to know last year, because she was part of a guided prayer group that I was leading, uh, when we came to a part in, in the uh, story of people's lives where they could share and were invited to share about their calling, uh, I was quite staggered by her story. It was a story of God's call, how God spoke to her very clearly three times about the fact that he was calling her into ministry. 
And that could have been a great time of joy, but the particular church tradition she was in didn't recognize women uh, as being able to go into ministry. So it was an impossible situation. And uh, without sharing all the details of what happened, uh, I regard her story, by then, of course, she was training for ministry, uh, as a story of the impossible becoming possible when we respond to God's call. And then we move uh, to Mary's song of praise. And this is the wonderful Magnificat, which is often sung in church services. And Janice is going to read uh, this to us. Is that Mike okay? My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm, he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich empty away. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. So what a great song of praise, having moved uh, from this confusion, questioning, and then acceptance to praise. And it's a wonderful thing uh, when together in a service we can express some of that praise as we've done this morning. Sometimes when people write about Mary and her experience, they seem to think of her as this young Jewish woman who didn't know very much. But if you take seriously that that was her song, what an amazing song it is, isn't it? Uh, it's steeped in the ideas of the Old Testament, particularly in 1 Samuel, the song of Hannah. But a song that just speaks of God's grace, of God's greatness, of his holiness, of his mercy, of his justice for the poor, of his faithfulness. This is hardly somebody who doesn't know very much, is it, uh, who can express uh, such a rich a song of praise. And so as we come to uh, think about our own lives and our life together in a church family and community, what is the invitation that we have this morning? I think it's an invitation to take Mary as an example of discipleship. And on the first Sunday of Advent, perhaps we can remember that she is in some ways the first disciple and it's an invitation to us to think about how is God's purpose working out in my life, in your life. And there's different stages of life when different invitations from God and God's word to us come in different ways. C.S. Lewis spoke about the great purpose of God, the, the, the amazing history of God's work of salvation. And yet here it's focused on one life, on the life of Mary. And so let's not underestimate our individual lives. 
because God has a purpose for each one of us. And it was something that was worked out through Mary's life. We can see when we read the Gospels that Mary continued to ponder, to think. This has happened, but what is it still about? Because it still wasn't clear. And I think probably Mary at times did doubt what's really happening uh, in this life of, of this son, uh, Jesus. And she came to the cross, didn't she? And she was there at the cross. And maybe there she didn't really understand fully. And perhaps as we think of our lives and the lives of other people that we know, maybe God's inviting us to think about people who have begun to wonder, did God really speak to me? Begun to wonder, have I missed the way somewhere along the line? Even though I said yes at a certain point, what's really happening? And so let's think about people who we might want to reach out to, who God might be calling us to reach out to, to bring them to a place where they can experience God again. And so the question for us this morning is, how can we say in some way those words that Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me according to God's word. Let's have a moment of prayer. Lord, thank you for the fact that you come in your grace to each one of us and you call us by name. Each of our experiences is different and yet together we can affirm you have called us to be your servants and in a community to serve you together. So by your spirit help us today to say, yes, Lord, may it be to me, may it be to us, according to your word, in Jesus' name, amen.